It's La Petite Mortisode number four. Friendship during difficult times. La Petite Mortisodes happen twice a month and it's where I take concepts from within thanatology, the study of death and dying. I kind of translate them and show you how to apply them to your own lives. There is so much we can learn from death, dying, grief, and loss, but it's only useful if we know how to apply it in our day-to-day lives. I believe that we can live brighter lives when we embrace the light of loss. In our fourth Mortisode, we're going to talk about friendship during difficult times, and we're going to specifically zero in on two things that we use, we meaning humans, to avoid showing up for other people when they might need us. We all do it. In this episode, I'm sharing two things we often do when other people are struggling. Because deep down, we want to avoid the struggle. So what's the goal? The goal is to learn something, look at ourselves, and hopefully become better friends. All right, so first of all, I want to acknowledge that I had way more feedback, emails, and um, direct messages in particular through my personal Instagram account, which is at Imperi, um, from all kinds of people, people that I've never talked to, never met, um, in preparing for this, this episode on friendship. So many of you took the time to share like real experiences with me, um, and uh, it's a little overwhelming because the reality is, is this podcast is very new, um, and the other reality is I feel a lot of feelings about the number of people that take the time to listen, and not just listen, but, but the people who listen and then take time to send me feedback. I mean, whoa. I'm, I'm grateful and appreciative. So I took all of that feedback and there were a lot of sort of common threads. And I realized that I had more than just one episode on my hands. So today I'm talking about two things that we humans often tend to do as a way to deal with somebody else's difficulty in their lives. Um, That's one piece of this sort of friendship puzzle. And in future episodes, I'm going to break it out even more. Um, And that's all because of you guys. It was just going to be one episode, but because of your incredible support and feedback to me in this podcast, um, there's a ton of stuff that we're going to be able to talk about. So... Let's talk about one of the primary issues that we have, big picture, culturally, in the United States that contributes to Americans maybe not being the best as a culture at supporting people who are dealing with difficulty, okay? So we're zooming out. We're zooming out to a bird's eye view and looking down at the United States of America and we're looking at our culture and then we're looking at tragedy and trauma and difficulty and we're gonna look and say hmm are those americans super great at dealing with difficulty 
or do they tend to try to avoid it, skip it, move over it? You are entitled to your opinion on that. Um, But I want to point out that here in the United States, we tend to value things like grit and independence and making your own way on your own terms. We like romanticize the people who everybody abandoned me and I went out on my own and I made do with five dollars and only the clothes on my back and I have an empire now and I did it without anybody. That's sort of this American ideal, right? We just like idealize this, this cowboy figure, this, this independent person that does it against all odds and with no help. So that's great. Makes for good, you know, movies and stories. But reality, day-to-day reality does not look like that. But as a result, culturally, we kind of lack a framework for like healthy group dynamics, uh, positive group support, working in healthy teams. Uh, Yeah, so for those of you, um, I do have actually, which is kind of interesting, a big pocket of Australians who tend to listen to this podcast, which is cool um, because I got to spend a month of my life in Australia and I loved it and I would love to go back. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Adelaide area and um, I only have fond thoughts of your beautiful country. So Australians, my Australians, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about America and Americans, let me know if if I'm onto something or not. Um, but then also look at your own culture and how your culture handles difficult moments and loss. All right, coming back, we're talking about friendship today. And, um, you know, it, it's really just a, a relationship between two people. That could be a friendship. Um, it also could be within your sort of family structure. So there are several signs of healthy relationships. And in particular, I want to talk about a few signs of healthy friendships. And if you're listening, I want you to think about a friendship that you have in your life. Um, or a family member that you have a sort of friendship layer on top of. Here are five signs of a healthy friendship. Number one, each person allows the other person to grow and change. And when one person in the relationship starts to grow, starts to change, the other supports that and doesn't try to stop it. Sign number two of a healthy friendship They're supportive of each other's successes. They acknowledge the success. They embrace the success. They say, hey, you had a success. Yay, let's celebrate. A third sign of a healthy friendship, validation of each other's feelings. So a friend number one says, I am incredibly sad. Friend number two says, you are incredibly sad. I can see it. And I'm sad that you're sad. Friend number two doesn't say, I don't think you should be sad in this situation. Okay, that's, the, that's sort of the difference between validation and not validation. The fourth sign of a healthy friendship, the balance of giving and receiving um, is in place. And don't look at, you know, this week I did all the giving in my relationship, so we don't have a healthy friendship. No, you kind of want to look at trends over the long term. And all relationships have a give and a take. And 
over time, it should be mostly balanced. So that's a sign of a healthy friendship. And finally, a fifth sign of a healthy friendship is that you guys don't tell each other's secrets to the world. So that's five signs of a healthy friendship. There are lots of other signs. These are just five that I want to provide because we are focusing in this Mortisode on two things that we kind of do that is not really necessarily healthy. So if we're going to talk about things that are unhealthy, it's a good idea to start by establishing a few guidelines for what we are considering healthy for the purposes of this podcast episode. Now, when someone is going through something difficult, there are a lot of ways people cope with that, ways that can be positive or negative. And today we're going to talk about two negative ways people cope with someone else's difficult moments. I'm going to use two words to boil each of these down. Word number one is drama. Word number two is judgment. I have a few examples of difficult moments. The death of a loved one. Losing a house. Going through a divorce or a breakup. That can be romantic or even like a close friendship or an estrangement within a family. Um, A cancer diagnosis or other major health issue like suffering a heart attack or a stroke. Another example of a difficult moment when a parent has to move in with you so that you can start to take care of them. Um, Or if you have a child that acts out in a seriously damaging way and you cannot get them to see the light or to stop doing that to themselves. The loss of a job, mental illness, um, or if you have a dependent with behavioral or developmental difficulties or drug dependency. So these are all examples of quote unquote like normal things that basically everybody experiences themselves or knows someone who has experienced one of these things. Part of life is difficulty. And there's a ton of examples that, you know, count as difficult moments. I just wanted to share a nice little list of some really difficult things so that we all are on the same page with what we're considering difficult. Now, Sometimes we have friends who we have shown up for, but when we need people to show up for us, have you ever had any of those friends that you showed up for disappear? Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they like, they just need to focus on themselves right now. This Mortisode is not about looking at people around you and pointing fingers. This is about looking at yourself to see how you have been there or not been there for other people, all in the spirit of becoming better friends to our friends. Um, Remember that pointing the finger or blaming others, that's not going to change the past. And it's unlikely to actually make you feel any better about anything. You cannot control other people. You can only control yourself. So 
embrace yourself and the role that you get to play in the lives of other people. And as I share with you, these two important things that we often do to other people, um, look at yourself. And, and if you start to focus on other people who are like, who wronged you, just check yourself and say, Hey, that's not going to get me anywhere positive and try to change gears. Now, when difficult moments present themselves, Sometimes we want to avoid the bad feelings, so we kind of like lie to ourselves to skip out on the responsibility a little, um, to skip out on the responsibility and also prevent ourselves from feeling bad. We kind of willingly put a blindfold on ourselves to shield ourselves from seeing somebody else's difficult moment. Here's one thing we often do to avoid other people's negative situations, to help ourselves feel better about our own lives and our own selves. This is, we do this as a form of self-preservation. What do we do? We point at somebody else's difficulty and we call it drama. Calling another person's divorce, job loss, mental illness, health issue, etc., drama is completely not validating their reality. You are dismissing and diminishing what's actually happening to them. When people call something drama, they often also finger point and blame. They say things like, well, if she'd lost the weight sooner, she wouldn't have had a heart attack. I mean, it's a terrible thing, but she did it to herself. Or um, when somebody says, well, she needs to not be so sensitive and emotional. If she would just calm down, things wouldn't be so bad. These are examples that I'm pulling from real life scenarios that are often reported. Um, And here's the deal. Your role as a friend or a supportive family member is not to assess whether or not that person's feelings are justified or whether or not that person's life choices meet your standards, your job as a support is just to be there. When we call something drama, we are diminishing that person to make ourselves feel better. Now, the second thing, the first thing is when we label a difficult part of life drama, The second thing is judgment. We use judgment to keep us separate. Here's what I mean. Her life is falling apart. Mine is not. And here's why her life is falling apart. And I don't do those things, so I am safe. That's the sort of mental game we play with ourselves when we have someone in our environment that is really struggling with a difficult moment. The reality of a lot of difficult parts of life, like divorce, death, health issues, is that all the judgment in the world of others won't stop it from happening to you. Do you know how many people have been blindsided by a divorce or how many people have been blindsided by a heart attack? You can judge up and down, forward and backward for 18 months straight but you still yourself may find that you're blindsided by a difficult moment. Judgment is like finger pointing and blame, which is also how we end up labeling something as drama. 
So if you find yourself finger pointing or blaming or like explaining why something difficult happened to somebody else, you can be pretty sure that you are likely not fulfilling a supportive role in that person's life. I do want to clarify here that there are cases in which people do make choices which contribute to negative things continually happening to them. Things that perhaps, yeah, they could have been avoided. But it's, it's probably best to try to never label something as drama and instead use terminology that is um, less condescending. So if, you are, if, if you're a friend or a family member who wants to be a supportive presence, check in with yourself to be sure that you're being non-judgmental and that you're present only to support your friend or family member, to be there for them as they need you to be, not as you think you need to be there. We all try to make sense of the world by judging everything from the clothing brands we approve of or stores we refuse to shop at. I mean, we are judging machines. Um, That's what we do. Some people are more emotional than you are. One thing I've learned in my work over the years is that emotions can be thought of like color. Now, people who have some form of colorblindness, they, they may not see all the shades of blue that you do. You may experience more shades of blue in your day-to-day life, and you don't even know it. Imagine that the feeling of, just for this you know, analogy, imagine that the feeling of sadness is like that color blue. Maybe you can experience dozens of shades of sadness, while your friend only has a few. Your normal is normal. And comparison is the thief of joy. So just try to approach other people with the mindset of how can I be there for them? Also, recognize that when you're uncomfortable, um, that it's okay to say it. Um, I see distance pop up between friends and family when difficult moments occur because one person doesn't know how to operate when things are tough. Um, The reality is death is often more intimate than sex and a lot of people are really uncomfortable with intimacy. And when I say death, I mean, if you think about it, a divorce is a death. A divorce is a death of a family. A divorce is a death of a relationship. Um, If somebody has a heart attack, that heart attack is a death of the way your life was before it happened. So death of all kinds is often more intimate than sex. And that's why a lot of us turn away and try to get away from it. It's really, really uncomfortable. I mean, have you ever witnessed somebody just broken down? It is uncomfortable because they are so vulnerable and you're exposed to this incredibly private, intimate moment. So also, I mean, think about that Lone Ranger cowboy type that in the United States we tend to idealize. You know, he's out there making it all by himself on his own. Is he intimate? I mean, he's not taking the journey with somebody else. 
He's just doing what he wants when he wants, and there's nobody that's taking part with him. We don't really value um, intimacy or this idea of teamwork or the value in going on a journey with somebody else. That's not what we romanticize culturally here in the U.S. Being supportive of other people is a with you thing, not an at you thing. It's about walking side by side with somebody, um, not driving in a car next to them, giving them tips as they struggle to keep up. You have to work on yourself to meet people where they are. You might find yourself using judgment or the label of drama as a way to excuse yourself from your own feelings of vulnerability and discomfort with intimacy when confronted with somebody else's difficult moment. But the rewards for being just as you are, for your friend or family member, just as they are, that is living. That is being present with someone. That is being present with yourself. That is being your wonderfully flawed, fucked up self in complete acceptance of your wonderfully flawed, fucked up family member, or friend. Difficult moments are opportunities to grow together, not apart. Embrace the discomfort by just being there, just showing up, just checking in, and no, commenting, let me know if you need anything on Facebook does not count. Keep an awareness around your use of describing things as drama and also on your judgment of other people's life situations. Instead, practice just being there without judgment of anything. If you feel uncomfortable or don't know what to say, then say that. Say that you want to be there for your friend, but you don't know what to say. Guess what? That's you being present. That's you being supportive by just being there. The simple truth about support is that it's really just presence. Loneliness is a terrible feeling to have, and you can cure that in someone else just by being yourself, leaving your judgment at the door, and embracing each moment as it is. It's flawed but so are diamonds. And you only see those flaws if you go looking for them. All right, so this was La Petite Mortisode number four, where we learned about um, drama and judgment and how we, you know, put those things onto other people's difficult moments. Um, I encourage you to think about this in your own life. Have you ever called somebody else's stuff drama? And maybe it uh, wasn't, or maybe that wasn't necessary. I mean, the whole point of this is to become better people, right? To become better tomorrow than we were today. Now, a couple things. If you liked this, please rate slash review Life Death Tarot in the iTunes store. I really appreciate that. That's like a big hug. Um, I also, we officially have six different sets of sort of 
tarot-themed earrings that are available at lifedeathtarot.com. And I'm picking one set to match the theme of this mortisode. And they're the hands. So there are these two little hands that you can hang from your ears. And the hands in tarot show up on all of the ace cards. And the hand, if you think about hands in real life, the hands are all about support. They're all about being there. Think about a pat on the back. Think about a nice handshake. Think about when somebody, you know, literally uses their hands to clean up your mess. The hands represent support and being there. Um, also, you're going to find that at lifedeathtarot.com, that website has been updated, and I'm very excited about that. Um, you can actually sign up to be interviewed and be on the show. Um, that's free, and you can use your first name, your full name, or you can make up a name. The point is that I interview people through a tarot reading, and when you are vulnerable and honest about your own life, people get to listen and hear that. And then you are helping other people to not feel alone as they navigate their own lives. Um, we are sending out the email so that people can pick their own interview times. Um, we're sending that out in the next few days. So if you hear this pretty close to March 8th, sign up, don't delay. Um, if being recorded and interviewed is not your thing, you can also book a paid tarot reading with me. Um, that payment goes to support my work in thanatology directly, and it goes to support this podcast. And it's private, and it's not recorded, and I won't share with anybody about that. So I'm going to sign off. Thank you all so much for listening. And my goodness, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me that an episode affected you in a positive way. Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at lifedeathtarot or you can visit me at lifedeathtarot.com. Until next time, bye.